It is Locked on Jazz for the 22nd of April. A disheartening Game 3 loss. We'll talk about it. It's disappointing. There's not a lot of X's and O's on this one. Put your head down and go. We'll try to figure out how it's happened, what it means. Take your thoughts on Locked on Jazz. Bum 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 poof you are locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz part of the locked on podcast network your team every day how are you i'm david Locke, radio voice of the utah jazz jazz nba insider this is locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz give you insight expertise Geeky numbers and hopefully making it way better <laughs> to be a jazz fan. Uh, thank you very much for making our first listen. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time today on what's probably a tough one to hit play on. I, I fully get it. Thanks for being a part of the community, making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Please leave a comment in the comment section. Please leave a uh uh, like on the podcast providers. It's really, it's disappointing. I don't want to, um, you know, I don't know, like, I don't want to like be depressing today. I also don't want to lie to you. Um, I want to be a part of the community. And I think all of you are walking around going to the office today and just being like, how did this happen? How are we here? Why again? Um, and, and I, and I, I kind of, I'm with you. Um, um, so I think, you know, I, you know, I'll be honest. A lot of me is, there's just been so much crap and noise and garbage around this team. And, um, you know, well, I'll never know whether it was real or not. I don't think a lot of it was. I actually think a huge amount of it was that large market teams sucked this year. And so the reporters don't have anything else to talk about. So they start to speculate whether there's any facts or not is debatable. And, and then it become, you know, and just, there was so much noise and I I really want still possible, want nothing more than for like this group to come together and just shut the freaking noise up. Um, and it, it instead the their play on the court is leading credence to a load of stuff that I feel like may or may not have any that I I generally don't necessarily think has a lot of has a lot of credence, but it will forever have credence because of the way that they have dealt with you know. Moments, and this isn't new. Um, this group, as it's constructed, unfortunately, has about a three-year track record of inconsistent effort in the biggest moments. Um, and it's it's a bummer, you know. And it's and I, I'm a I'm you know, just if I'm kind of revealing my soul to you, like I guess that's what we're doing today. Is as jazz fans, it feels like it's over, right? Like it's not. It feels like it's over. You go win game Saturday, and you. You tie this thing up at 2-2, and who knows? 
I mean, who ever thought we were at a point where we thought like Luka Doncic's return could really slow them down? Oh my goodness gracious. It's not the craziest thought, but it is where we are. So maybe it is the craziest thought and is where we are. Um, you know, the bummer, I, I, and this is probably just, so this is not me playing, you know, host or leader of the community or whatever the heck my job is. This is probably me now being a member of the community and sharing the pain that I felt last night. And if you look at my eyes on YouTube, you can tell I maybe slept. Um, and the pain that I feel as a fan with you is that this is really a bunch of great guys. Like they're all really good guys. They're really good players. The coaching staff works their ass off. The ownership's tried to give them all the support they can. The front office is a bunch of really good people. And, and then it's like, it's not working. Like, what the players say and what the players do is two different things. And what the play, coaches say and what the players do are two different things. And then, you know, we can't guard guy anymore. Um, and so that's, it's just not working. It's just a bummer. Um, you want it to be better. It's hard to fathom with the amount of scars that this group now has that they're going to bounce back out of last night. Um, there's no question. I'm not going to, let's not, let's, you know, I don't want to say the series is over, but like, it seems more likely right now that they're going to roll than they are going to like go put out some amazing efforts, stun the world, win game two, win game four and change the whole series. Maybe. But I, I'm with you on that's how it feels. We just don't have any juice. Um, you know, you watch the benches. Like I, I, it's the beauty of being in an arena, of calling games in the arena again. You watch the benches. Their bench is standing the entire game. The entire game, their bench stands. They're wrapped around little 90-degree angle. They're all there. Their two-way guys are in their... Theo Pinson's in his red sweater and his black jeans and he's meeting guys at half court and they're standing the whole time. Our guys are seated and they stand for a minute and the minute one thing goes wrong, they sit right back down. They just don't have any collective juice. You can see it. I mean, is that chemistry? Maybe. The burden? You know, I go throughout the season... And I go back to a question that near the end of the year, I asked every single champion that we saw. So I'd ask Chauncey or, you know, whatever coach at Ty Lue had been around championship teams and asked and then and asked them how they, they dealt with their failures. There's no question this group has just a ton of scars. And in the case of the champions, they all talked about that it brought them together, it hardened them, it made them sacrifice, it made them, you know, give up the individual effort because 
for the collective body. I don't think that's happened here. Doesn't feel as though, instead it feels as though the scars that we have from playoffs past, Denver playoff series, Clipper playoff series, the COVID experience, are a bunch of festering pus fill. Let's be gross here for a second. Leaky, gooey wounds and sores that aren't healing. They haven't hardened us at all. Um, it's a bummer. Let's give Dallas some credit in the midst of our misery. They've done a bunch of little things, and they haven't complicated it. If you can't guard us, we're just going to walk the crap out and come right downhill at you. They did not run a single play in the fourth quarter of the game. We'll talk about a little more X's and O's. Get some of your questions and your thoughts. Uh, It is locked on jazz today. I can fake it and bring you a buttload of juice. I'm like about to swear every third word right now. Um, But I think you'd probably know. So it's a bummer. Like I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I care. I've been a fan of the franchise since 1979. When they first came, I was nine years old. My dad was in the ski business. We went to games with Jeff Wilkins and Ben Paquette and Jojo Duran and Ricky Green and Ron Boone. And saw Alan Bristow punch out Larry Bird and Billy Poltz punch out Akeem Olajuwon. We were such a shit. Sh- I'm really about to swear every word. We were such a crappy franchise that like our highlights were when we punched people. Like, that was like our highlight. Like if we could get in a fight, knock out their best player, like the movie Fast Break, then we'd have a really fun game. I remember it. And then we got those guys and we built it up. And so I've, you know, hey, I'm a jazz fan since I was nine, since they came. And then I'm close to the guys, both the players and the coaches and the front office. And to see them, you know, battle and then struggle and be here sucks. So I have it on both ends for you. All right, we'll see if I don't swear. Frankly, that would be the most. I'm really tired. I didn't sleep very well. Um, I only went to bed at 2 and got up at 6.30, so really only had four and a half hours to sleep badly. And um, there's a really good chance I am tired enough that I'm going to let a bomb fly today, and we'll see whether or not um, that happens because, frankly, that's probably the most entertaining part of the show at this point. Uh, it is a Friday edition of Locked on Jazz. It's, it's brought to you by an interesting group over at Summit Capital. Summit Capital is a group of uh, management's uh, local investment group. They actually invested in Locked on. were really great for us to deal with. Um, and I got an email the other day about, it was perfect. He said, hey, a buddy of mine has been working for a company for a long time, and they're ready to, the, the family that owns companies ready to kind of move on. He's ready to buy them out, but he doesn't have the equity. He doesn't have the money. That's where Summit Capital comes in. They're entrepreneurs themselves. They approach investing with the mind of an entrepreneur. And unlike private equity or venture capital funds don't have artificial time horizons or existing investments, um, they they really were great with us with Lockdown. They never said, like, when's our exit date? What day do we get out? Anything of that nature. So if you're looking for someone to provide capital for management who's seeking to buy out the owner of a business, Summit Capital, owners seeking to sell their business, Summit Capital, or entrepreneurs seeking capital to help businesses grow. Give Matt Peterson over a call over at Summit Capital. 
Uh, his number is 801-796-2033. You can text him. 801-796-2033 if that seems too personal. Locked on Jazz at SummitCapUtah.com. That's Locked on Jazz at SummitCapUtah.com. Oh, or go to SummitCapUtah.com. It's an interesting opportunity. Hopefully they can help you out. Today's show is also brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Murdoch Hyundai, obviously doing amazing things in this pandemic, deciding to be a member of the community and the Murdoch family. No longer will not charge more than MSRP under any circumstance. Uh, some really cool things that the Ionic is out there. It's not like a big deal, but it's their new electric car. And if you're looking to go electric with the gas prices where they are, this is a pretty neat opportunity. I went and test drove one the other day to see it. They're really cool. Um, they're fast. They're quick. If you haven't driven an electric car, it's a very different experience. Price point now gets more reasonable. Um, it's pretty amazing. And then you're obviously not paying $6 for gas. Uh, the Elantra was a North American car of the year. You can get that as well, along with the great SUV lineup from the Kona all the way up to the Palisade. It is Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street um, in Murray, Linden, Logan. Email me first. Feel free to email me first. I love this. Let's be angry, then enjoy the remainder of the season. It's been a great ride. It may not be over. This is Matt James. Jack says Jazz in six. Um, so there were some interesting aspects. Obviously, Eric Pascal going small. The Jazz scored. Their defense was better than it was all game. It wasn't great, but they scored. They opened up the floor and they scored. The real thing with Rudy right now is we're having a hard time scoring when he's on the floor. Offensive rating was 100 when Rudy was on the floor offensively. His 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 really is just his inability offensively does continue to you know hamper the Jazz. As much as he tried to develop, as much as he's valuable in the pick and roll, when you suddenly take that away and he's <laughs> He's not getting inside for lobs. Oh, good. Now I get allergies. How can I have allergies when it's like 23 degrees outside and the weather outside sucks? So we just get mad at the weather. It's like an inanimate object and we're not complaining about our team. We'll just bitch about the weather. Um, but it was really interesting. Pascal played great. There was an energy. There was a juice. Um... They flew around defensively a bit better at 110 rather than the absurd 132 they were for the game. And there was a little bit of something different there. I don't know whether we go to the point where you just play Gobert against Dwight Powell and Eric Paschal in all other minutes, but you might consider it. The, and see, you know, see what you now, frankly, I'm not sure it solves the big problem. The big problem is that Dallas didn't run a play in the entire fourth quarter. They didn't run a single play. Here's Dallas's fourth qu- quarter. Well, maybe not. No, here it is. Dinwiddie ISO on Pascal. Foul. Dinwiddie ISO on Donovan. Green missed three. Dinwiddie ISO on Clarkson. Missed three. Dinwiddie on a drive. Um, don't know what happened. Can't read my writing. Dinwiddie ISO on Conley. Brunson comes in. Brunson ISO on Gobert. Next play, Dinwiddie interchange with Kleba. Brunson ISO on Gobert. Dinwiddie ISO on Mitchell. Dinwiddie ISO on Mitchell. Dinwiddie ISO on Mitchell. 
Brunson, I saw on Conley. Brunson, I saw on Conley. Brunson, I saw on Conley. Brunson stolen by Conley. Like, the fact that guys are just calling our guards out, going downhill on them, I don't know what, you know, should we be shading more? Should we be in a zone, which hasn't worked very well? We're not particularly good at it. We've been pretty good. at. We've been probably better than 130. Should we, you know, are we not shifting far enough? Are we athletic enough so that if we did shift, we could get back? Like there's a play that Steve Jones Jr. put up about Dallas's defense. It's amazing. They look great. And they're shifting and they're flying around everywhere. And they're making all these plays. And, and I, you know, do we not have the athletes to do that? Boyan is not a particularly good defensive player. We're 6'1", 6'1", 6'4", 6'6". We've talked about it a lot. Maybe Boyan's 6'7", 6'8". So, it's hard. Um, on the, you know, And I'm really trying to focus everything on the defense because our defensive rating was a 130. Uh, we didn't miss a two-point shot or a free throw in the second half and we lost. We've only lost 12 games in franchise history, I think it is, when we shot 56.5%. Um, so, I mean, Brunson's 8 of 18 when guarded by Royce. He's 8 of 16 when guarded by Donovan. He's 8 of 13 when guarded by Conley. He's got three shooting fouls on Royce, one shooting foul on Donovan, two shooting fouls on Mike. Dinwiddie hasn't been nearly as efficient, he's, but he's 5 of 10 on Donovan. He's 5 of 8 against Royce. He's 0 of 7 against Mike Conley. You know, Seth Part now had an interesting note that 66% of our shots have gotten after holding the ball for over two seconds. And maybe our defense is not playing well because our offense is just a shadow of what the usual way we play. We just cannot get into a realm of play in the way in which we usually do. We're not getting threes. We're not getting any transition. We we just have not been able to play in any way, shape, or form in the manner that we've wanted to in this series. Now, give Dallas credit. Give Dallas credit. Dallas has done a masterful job of taking those things away. Dallas, while they're not running anything, have added little wrinkles. The back pick of Davis Breton set to open up threes late in the second quarter was a neat little twist. You know, Rudy's dropping off, and so you got the rotate. You pre-rotate to that corner. That's kind of what I talked about on the show this whole time. It's like, oh, you got to pre-rotate. You got to pre-rotate. Well, we pre-rotated, and then they backpicked the pre-rotate. Pretty good. They're a team that didn't run handoffs. Like one of the things I thought was really interesting, and I brought it up in the crossover with Locked On Mavericks on our very first one, was that the things that the Jazz don't do well, the Mavericks don't do. The Jazz teams run the most handoffs versus the Jazz of any team in the NBA. And the reason is because if if Rudy's back guarding the ball guy with the ball and he hands it off and it picks off the Jazz defender and they come around the handoff and Rudy's back, there's no real way to get out to that ball and it opens up shots. And Dallas was not a handoff team at any great rate. They're 19th in the league in handoffs. 
They didn't do it a lot. They defend them brilliantly. They're a very, very good defensive team against handoffs. Best in the NBA, actually. But this is a team that, you know, ran the seventh most drives, six most isolations. They're the best of the league at it. They ran the fourth most pick and rolls. Like their offensive composition coming into the series was fourth and picks, sixth in isolation, seventh in drives. That's who they are. Not a great matchup for us because we don't deal with those things very well. Best drive team, best isolation team. Obviously, someone due to Luka. And the fact is that they're running a ton of handoffs with amazing success in the series. So give them credit. Like Jason Kidd's done a nice job, made adjustments. You know, our weaknesses are glaring and teams are are, are taking advantage of it. They average 1.36 points on 24 handoffs in game one. They average 1.5 points in 19 handoffs in game two. The We had one offensive rebound yesterday, by the way. One. One offensive rebound. This is our largest live audience we've ever had, which must mean that Locked On Mavericks retweeted that I was going live so they could come and watch us in our despair. Because I can't imagine that this many Jazz fans are masochistic enough to wake up this morning and want to spend time together discussing what happened last night. But at least we've got some humor in our chat room right now. At least the Jazz didn't blow a big lead. Great. Defensive rating by quarter. 123 in the first. 170 in the second. 121 in the third. 116 in the fourth. 116 in the fourth was our best there was. Our offense was a 108 in the fourth. It wasn't that good. Our shot quality actually was better than Dallas's for the first time in the entire series. We are having outlandish shooting numbers of the paint offensively. Outlandish. I mentioned that Rudy's offensive rating is 100 is a problem. All right. um, I'm going to take your questions. There's a lot of them out there. They're all good. Um, I think you... Uh, from, you know, why is this guy playing to why do we do this? Um, I'll try to get, I'm going to go like speed around through the chat room coming up here. Um, Rudy Gay questions, small lineup questions, all those kind of things. Today's show is brought to you by Shady Rays. These are not Shady Rays. Those are Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, premium high-end finishes. And something you won't find anywhere else is the Shady Rays Insane Protection Program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection for every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair. If you lose them, no matter what happened, give them a try. If you don't love them, they'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to... Fight hunger in America when you shop Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code LOCKEDON to get a 50% off two or more polarized pairs. That's locked on to get their best deals of the season. And I said 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 five-star verified deals. Today's show is also brought to you by Truebill. Do you know where the free trial renewal without your consent? It's a business scam. 
and they want to get your money. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need or want. On average, people save $720 a year with Truebill. Another Truebill concierge is there to help you cancel all unwanted subscriptions. Don't fall for the subscription scam. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. The Mint Puffs are back. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, plus all the other great flavors that are out there as well. Get 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 net carbs, 4 sugars, 6 grams of fiber, and 17 grams of protein. It is Built Bar, and it is Built.com. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, let's go rapid fire through the chat rooms. Um, Justin says, Jazz are only down 2-1. People are talking like it's 3-0 and they lost the series. I think that's true. Feels like they lost the series. I'm not lying. Right? Last night, same thing. Over, home, great anticipation, all that. Feels like feels like it. That they lost. It does. Feels like the series was lost. So let's hope that's wrong. Go get 2-2. But it doesn't, you know. Small ball suddenly fixes a bunch of the minutes. We'll see. See, Crypto says John Sears is over. No way we should be down the series against JV squad. No, that's, you know, let's not get too, let's not get disrespectful to Jalen Brunson who's been great. And Finney Smith, who, um, Finney Smith, who, you know, frankly, is one of the best elite defenders in the league and giving Donovan some real fits. Like, I, I, Donovan coming in last night was fi- 14 is last 51. I think he was like 0 for 5 on that. Best place to have lunch in Salt Lake. Lazi's Kitchen, Lakai Noodle House on State Street. Lazi's Kitchen over on, like, Ninth South. Setabella Pizza, if they're... I, Mark Falwell, Mavericks TV voice went yesterday, said it was amazing, um, which is good because I thought they kind of lost their mojo for a while, so that'd be great if they're back. Um, little tiny Thai place right next to Caputo's and across from Pioneer Park. And I can't think of its name. It's outstanding. Okay, there you go. Um, why didn't the Jazz develop any rookies in the last three years? Well, first, when you're drafting late, it's hard. Second, we traded some of our picks. I mean, Jordan Poole goes in a pick after our pick that we traded for Mike Conley. Um, you know, drafting Adoka Azubuke instead of Desmond Bain and Jaden McDaniels, which are two players who've developed there, um, are a bummer. Um, last year, we you know moved out of that draft pick and moved that draft pick and then picked up seconds and, and drafted Jared Butler with 40. You know, was there, was there someone we could have drafted to – at, at that pick that would have helped this year. It's hard to it's hard to add draft picks. But, uh, you know, we have not. We have not added pieces to our puzzle um, over the last few years, which has made it hard um, and made it difficult. Um, Christopher says, the reason this hurts is because none of us understand the attitude of not playing hard, not really, really wanting to win. We don't do that in our lives, though. It's strange to see it in our athletes. That's what's strange is I, you know, I think they want to win, but collectively they just don't have any, they don't have the juice. I thought they played harder, much harder last night than they did in game two. Game two was weird. 
Um, is our undersized guards finally biting us, says Frank. 261, you've got to be so great if you're 6'1 and you're trying to guard without being able to take away angles in the open court one-on-one. It's it's incredible. We really miss Joe's length and size. Like Joe was 6'7, could get out there, well, maybe he couldn't move his feet as quickly as some other guys, but he, he you know, you got to go around 6'7. It's a big deal. Changes your route, changes your angles. And Mike and Donovan can't do that. Donovan busted his ass trying. And just got called up play after play after play. Tried. Like you could see it. He was in the crouch. He was trying. He was, like I, I don't know if I buy the idea that we didn't try last night. You know, I do think that, you know, any weakness we have is being exposed right now. The Mavs are snipers from three and weren't hitting. The Mavs are shooting it, shooting the S out of it. I mean, the Maxi Kleba revival tour is something else. Give him credit. Four of five from three. Jalen Josh Green, three of five. Dallas Bertans got off seven threes. They went 18 of 42 from three. The more disconcerting numbers are tw- only 28 attempts. We only took nine attempts in the first half the other night. It was the first time in two years we did not take double-digit three-point shots in the first half of the game. Matthew, don't know if it's time to ask this, but if we say the offense dictates threes, is Quinn just getting out-coached or is the offense doesn't dictate threes? I'm not sure that I understand it. I mean, we're just, you know... We're, it's weird to say we're just not getting the three-point looks and shots that we've wanted to get, we've tried to get. We can't get out in transition. Dallas is doing a great job. It's hard to get out in transition when they've, they, they've got the floor space perfectly. They're not running any action. They're not getting sucked in. They're not trying to offensive rebound, so they just drive to the basket. If they don't score, they've got everyone back, and we're not. And then they're picking up, and we're not getting out and getting early opportunities, and we just don't have elite athletes that are attacking the tin in the open court. I mean, there were some coaches on our staff that, like, saw this matchup and thought it was horrendous even with or without Luka at the very beginning. Like, there was a legitimate discussion, like, as great as the Warriors are, are they a better matchup because they actually don't drive, they don't play isolation, and they play their style, and you actually know what you're guarding. Dusty says, or Devin says, Rudy does fine when he switches on guards. Why not always switch everything with him and let him impact the game by defending on the perimeter and slow dribble penetration down the way? Like, we, we literally have Rudy Gobert just guard Jalen Brunson. I mean, the thing is, they don't bring Rudy to the ball, right? When Rudy switches, he does do great, but they don't they don't bring Rudy to the ball. They didn't when he went. They did for, like, two out of three possessions, and they Brunson hit a miracle shot, and they missed another, and they just never did it again. It was 103, 102. From that point on, didn't we just ISOs, Mitchell, ISOs, Mitchell, ISO, Mitchell, Brunson, ISOs, Conley, ISOs, Conley, ISOs, Conley. They're not bringing Rudy the ball. Justin, the attitude in the second quarter of lackluster effort, getting into side crap, committing poor fouls was our demise. Brainless place. I kind of agree. Rudy's foul in Bertans was ridiculous. Mike Conley's flagrant foul, his first ever technical of Trey Burke was kind of ridiculous. Like, he was so far out of the play. I don't know. There's a lot of that. I don't know why. Uh, I'm curious why we don't use Rudy Gay, because he wasn't good this year. 
Um, all right, let's take one last question. Um, here's the last question on Locked On Jazz today. You're uber delusional. You're convincing yourself Luca's return will be our saving grace. Desperate times take def- desperate measures. It is Locked On Jazz. Have a great one, everyone. See you. Hi, Megan.